Hi, I'm Shane Fatek, and you're listening to Making Marketing by Digiday. Every week, I talk to executives who are changing the marketing playbook for the industry one decision at a time. Move over all birds. The latest footwear fascination, at least for me, is Adams, the shoe startup that makes super comfortable footwear that comes get this, in quarter sizes. Joining me today, co-founders of Adams, Wakas Ali and Sidra Kasim, who just got $8.1 million in funding to grow their company and do great things. Hi, Wakas. Hi, Sidra. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Excited to be here. We're thank excited so to much. have you. Okay, let's start from the beginning. Um, I'd love for you to tell us the story of sort of why you started this company, because I think it seems like such a, it's like one of those ideas that when I heard of it i'm like my god why didn't i think of this i could have done this um but it's so simple and so beautiful almost in its simplicity um so i'd love to know what's the genesis of this where did this come from yeah i think we we have been um, selling shoes since 2011 and 12 when we first started our small shoe project in pakistan and that project became a kickstarter project and then it became a company we got into y combinator started selling shoes moved to u.s a lot has happened like since then. But one thing which we learned was we wanted to make a shoes people can wear every day. And we started uh, with formal shoes. And once we moved to the U.S., we learned that how people here are wearing more casual shoes every day. And that trend is growing all over the world. Everything which we learned about U.S. culture was from movies. And in Hollywood movies, you always see people dressed up. They are wearing dress shoes and all those um, and when we came here in the U.S., we saw that uh, people were becoming more casual and we wanted to make a shoes which people can wear every day. So that was the passion which drove us to create Adams. Yeah, I feel like there was like a casualization too. Yeah. And some of it driven maybe by Silicon Valley or tech, but that's definitely part of the big American movement too. Yeah, I, I think not just Silicon Valley. At the same time I went to Italy, I noticed the same trend over there. Mm-hmm. And then I went ba- back to Pakistan and... Um, I saw that young people, they are becoming more casual. So I think this is not just a phenomena in uh, Silicon Valley, but like generally all over the world. Like even if now in New York, people in Wall Street, they are also becoming more casual as compared to like more dressed up. So and I, I think one exciting thing which we did was during that time, we used to go to Nike store, Adidas, vans and we started interviewing people what kind of product they are buying and we were sitting on saturday sunday and just like making notes looking at what they like what they don't like and why they don't like certain things was this before the idea of kind of atoms had really germinated or at what point sort of did this idea start taking shape for you as founders um so the first time idea came towards the end of 2015 but we just we were focused on our first shoe company and uh we we have had long history of shoemaking. Like, actually, um, I have half-size difference between my left and right feet. Uh, and I actually became so good, I can look <laughs> at people's feet and tell their shoe size. And, no, uh, we have to play this game later. <laughs> yeah, so that, that like, we were, we, we thought about, like, okay, so we want to offer a shoe that is super comfortable. What is important for the comfort? Uh, fit is one of the most important things for the comfort. But most people have shoe size difference between their left and right foot. So if I'm offering, hey, uh, Vakas, you need a comfortable shoe and it should fit perfectly. Should it fit perfectly on your right feet and the left feet if your feet are different? And most people have different feet. So that's like how the, the idea kind of started. Yeah. And then we knew like, okay, we need to start uh, building an entire company. Not entire company. We need to start 
making these shoes and start selling this and 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 start improving it kind mm-hmm. of so that's how it it, it started yeah. at the same time like we started writing uh google docs ideal everyday shoes mm-hmm. and um i i remember like the first thing which we wrote was uh, on the sizing whenever we ask people what's your shoe size they always say um 9 or 9.5 it depends on the brand so we wanted to kill that question hey like why we are not able to answer what our shoe size is and um how a company can offer that type of uh, experience for people that they know about their shoe size as well as like they have this confidence that if a if a brand introduce a new style that style would fit them every time they introduce so that's what atoms model so is so you started with and this was this is something you've talked about before as well publicly is like you're not going to make you know 900 types of shoes and then start selling 900 types of shoes you're going to make one really really good shoe and it's going to work everywhere i'm curious about because i mean this is such an interesting kind of conundrum i think for any founder okay you come up with a great idea there's a product that you're making you chose to sell it directly you said you know we're going to make a brand around this and then we're going to have a site and then we're going to sell this directly to our customers why choose to go kind of dtc because dtc has its pros you can have a lot more control it's also got a lot more effort you suddenly have to be thinking about e-commerce you have to think about payment logistics and infrastructure why did you choose to sell directly and not you know go to a wholesale sort of model and say we have a great shoe do you want to buy the shoe So we kind of did something different uh, for the first time we literally worked with our customer to make the shoes. So we made one shoe in 10.5 uh and at that time that was around my shoe size so we made like 20 pairs and we gave those 20 pairs to uh friends and and people who wanted to who paid money. some of them actually paid money for those 20 pairs. How did you find these people? So we reached out to our uh, our friends uh through like all the connections in in San Francisco mainly through i combinator mm-hmm. uh, people from our uh, old shoe company but we were mainly reaching out to people who were who had good taste who who understood design who understood the comfort who understood the product quality so that they can give us like brutal honest feedback yeah i think this is a part of dna of adams and part of us so when we started reaching out to our friends uh, when we were working on the sample uh we were living in san francisco in a shared apartment like four rooms five people were living in that apartment and we had the basement um so what we started doing was we 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 sent an email to yc founders which we thought like have a really high quality taste and we said we are making shoes for painters um and if you guys uh, and we have only 10.5 size if you guys are interested giving honest uh, brutal feedback just hit yes mm-hmm. and if you are based in san francisco we would love to invite you or you are around bay area so we invited those people over at our place over breakfast so we were making breakfast for them <laughs> actually wakas cooks really good breakfast so he was making really breakfast. curious about this breakfast <laughs> yeah. with adams i love it yeah and then he we were making pakistani chai because we love chai so people like appreciate that idea of like hospitality and opening our place and then the whole discussion was around like what they see when they are wearing their shoes mm-hmm. and 
And they said, like, we have not thought about that shoe is such an important part of their life. But when we started asking questions, they said, oh, like, we get it. Like, how shoes is so important uh, whenever they think about their everyday and when they think about their everyday clothing. Because if your shoes are not comfortable, you cannot, like, walk And you're miserable. Yeah, exactly. So you were, I mean, it's, that's fascinating because you were using this, you know, as a focus group. You were product testing. You were then iterating on the design and the product itself. It also acted, I think, in a way as marketing, right, for the company. I mean, if you get invited over to someone's house, they're making you some great chai, and then you go in, you tell somebody about it. You tell, my God, I had this really great experience with this great company. They're interesting. So, oh, they're not available yet because they're still sort of working small batch. How did you start figuring out that sort of word was spreading? How do you get from, you know— 150 to 300 and then start saying wait a minute this is this is a company now this is a brand yeah yeah i think uh, we were not in, intentionally doing it for marketing a uh, i would use an example let's say if i'm making chai and i need fennel seeds most fennel seeds in the us are not good so i have to go to certain stores to find them so if i if you go to length to buy that fennel seed for your chai and you tell that shopkeeper like hey i came from that part of brooklyn in this part of Manhattan to find these and they must be thinking, oh, you must be making a really good chai. <laughs> so we were going at all these lengths for our customers, not just for them, but I mean, at the end, like we want to make those things which people feel happy because it also makes us happy. So it, it is in, in, in somewhat selfish, but we were doing it for the right reason, I guess. Uh, so they were noticing that, uh, that passion they were noticing that work and they were noticing those shoes uh so they were telling their friends oh i have 10.5 you i remember like i went last time you guys had a 10.75 i have a friend whose shoe size is a little bigger can 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 he get that and that's what was becoming so what we had to do later on was more people were like oh can we come come and try shoes and we did not have their shoe size. So we started a type form, uh, just like a simple form, which you can subscribe. And you can also tell us where you live, what your shoe size is, what colors you prefer, uh, what are your interests. So that was giving us like a lot of ideas. So we were not just meeting like one type of person. We were trying to be like meet with men versus women versus people who, who are like pure designer versus people who are writer versus people who work in fashion, all these different kind of people. So that was allowing us to like have more diverse opinion on, on how we were making the shoes and how we were building the community. Yeah, I think the interesting thing was like we, we just put that just to learn more about, okay, what kind of things people are interested about what color they like what are the common sizes if we need to like think about the first production run what that would be because at that time we were there was so much interest people started sharing on twitter on instagram and they were like sharing photos because the the whole try-on experience was in our basement and the basement we had only one light and only (laughs) one window in the corner so it was pretty dark and one day i just painted the wall in white color to make it a little bit more brighter and people were coming there they were trying shoes and they started taking photos and they started sharing that on Twitter and Instagram and That's, you hadn't spent any money we, on marketing we, we did not you were yeah. just like okay this is organic let's, let's yeah. keep it going but we spent a lot of time and like our whole energy and resources on uh, making the product better and I think this was the idea in our mind always that if product is so good, then it will eventually figure out itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how actually it, it become. 
Um, and then the list started growing, like first 10,000 people, then 20,000, and then 30,000, and then 40,000. So by the time we launched, we had like 40,000 people in the wait list. Did you worry about scaling your approach? Because you've got this very incredibly personalized approach that literally involves people coming to your home and you then working with them. And how do you then take, again, as founders of a company, how do you then say, okay, this this works until a certain X thousand? If this is going to be like a huge brand, I can't scale this, but I still want to retain that DNA. How do you start balancing that? Because now, now you're a company. You can't, you're not at the 150 yeah, level. I think then you start... Uh, start building the right team, and you start. Uh, we hired our one of our one of our first hires was our first uh, one of our early customers. Mm. Like uh, his name is Ray. Uh, he's still based in Mountain View, and he was our customer. And he was like, "Hey, I love these shoes, and I love what you guys are doing. Can I join you guys?" And this we, was for the product side, or this was, was this? for the customer experience part. Ah, so now and, you and start spending yeah. on that. Part and of the that interesting business. part was he came from a, a hotel industry. He was he was part of like the the hospitality industry already. So he really knew about that. And and then we we have like other team members who uh, actually like most team members we have in team are people who first fell in love in the product and then. Uh, some of them we had we had known them for a long long time, so they were like, okay, this is the right time to join the company. And now we we see them we see them meeting with customer, and one of the feedback we have gotten from our customers in person is like, hey, we love your team, and we love how your team interacts with the customer. So it's not just us, me and Sidra. It's like how everyone, and that's actually one of the one of the core values is like, we don't do these like customer experience things we actually just meet people like you know just list as like humans and and just like have have good conversation what do you mean when you say you don't do these customer experience things um so he was making quotes with his hand so so (laughs) what i what i meant is like um a lot of time uh when you are uh when you are in in a business and when you are like going after a trend you want to name something and just like start oh we have these customer user research group we have these things we were just making chai and hosting people so that is where the difference start coming it it changes something in you like how you think about your customer like every day like when at the end of the day like i I swipe through our orders and i look at random people's name and i just imagine them and then like we write handwritten note we are now writing for almost every customer but we like i sometimes i do often too is we look at like oh so this is someone named Jessica or this is someone named this person and, and we should do this for them. This is a repeat customer. We should do something. So that's like how we are we are thinking uh, and that's how we also think of our team. We don't think of our team as like, oh, they work in Atoms. They are real humans. They right. work with us. Yeah, and I think we have built the um, internal system in the company in a way that we are able to do that, especially bring more like personalized experience for our customers. So we are doing our own logistic and shipping in-house. So we have I wanted to ask a little bit about that because again now time, you know, now you're yeah. playing the big leagues, right? Exactly. So now it's like the shipping has to be perfect. And also customers expect such different things now from five, six years ago. I mean in the age of Amazon, it's like if it didn't come tomorrow, it's already late. It's already late if it didn't come, you know, today. It should already have been here. I haven't even ordered it yet. Um how do you then start balancing things like shipping and logistics and then that e-commerce experience? Because now, again, you have to keep it personal, but you also have to keep it scaled. Yeah, so 2018, uh, 
whole year we were just like planning out how we have to build our system, especially um, how people are going to place the order and then how we're going to ship them. And the idea of like uh, shipping the right experience to them was always in our mind. And we did some partnership. We tried to like uh, do some collaboration and partnership with other logistic companies. But I think it the idea is very interesting in terms of like logistic that it's difficult for other companies to think about. People are mm-hmm. normally used to look at shoe as pairs, not as like, hey, this is one foot left this size, right, this size. So how to uh, create a system around that? Um, And on top of that, like shipping an experience to everyone where people feel like, hey, somebody cares. Um, So we... Uh, in start, we were shipping everything from our that mm-hmm. basement. Then we had uh, one office uh, in San Francisco. We were doing in-house. And now when we move to New York, we are uh, shipping uh, from our Brooklyn Navy Yard office. We have uh, our fulfillment team, um, and they are shipping orders from there. And the way we are, like, setting up the whole system, our packaging is basically very, very interesting. Uh, we are shipping three pairs uh, to customers, but uh, every order you have to return four shoes back. And um, then thinking about, like, when you are receiving three uh, shoes, three pairs, when you are shipping four pa- four shoes back, um, how we want to think about the whole shipping and return process. So we had design. We have designed our packaging around that, and then packaging should accommodate um, how the warehouse system will be. So it's very fascinating to see. I think it's very hard for me to explain. In <laughs> no, words, you're doing but, a great job. Yep. I'm interested in this because, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. But it's it's it has it's never been easier to just start a company. I mean, there's so many great vendors and providers out there that can help you, you know, create an e-commerce marketplace very quickly, spin something up quickly. At the same time, it's never been harder to start a company because it's so competitive. I mean, you're not just competing against other shoe brands. You're competing for attention against literally anybody else out there. Everybody's got interesting ideas. My Instagram's filled with beautiful products every single day. And I think customer acquisition has become sort of this like elephant in the room, especially for direct-to-consumer and younger companies. It's We have to acquire customers, we have to retain customers, but it's getting really expensive. Are you spending money to acquire customers or do you foresee at some point that this is going to be a real expense and a real way that you're going to have to grow this company or do you think differently about how you're going to get these people to come even try you for the first time? So I think you're, you're right on the, on the customer part. Uh, we... Since the beginning, we knew that we are not just competing against shoe companies. I think of like an Adams customer. She's, uh, let's say she's interested in buying something new for herself. And she's thinking, should I buy this comfortable shoes or should I buy that fancy designer watch? So it's not just like shoe versus shoe. It's like who is making people fall in love with them over and over again. Uh, that is one thing. So it is harder to acquire customer for, for any new brand. So that's like where I think... Uh, we we have not yet invested a lot on marketing, on, on paid marketing, like uh, more than 50% of our sales like are still organic. And that's like where we are spending more money. And, and that's where we have uh, invested heavily in over the past few months. Like yeah. we invested in our custom website, we invested in our fulfillment center, we invested in our team, we invested in our office, and we are investing in our small events. And that's like how we are doing. So our our hope is that if we invest in our customers and we uh, we build a, 
we build a strong business because of that then it would allow us to do other things it would allow us to learn mm. uh, learn more things so right now it's two years from now things will be different uh, and that's like both exciting as well as a little mm-hmm. bit scary to be honest because a lot of uh, uh, a lot of companies will will see like uh, that things are, are changing right and yeah. the costs are getting crazy I mean spending money on Facebook used to be this like oh just start a company buy some Instagram ads and call it a day and now even that's not really an option as much anymore yeah i think in our case we are very much focused on like scaling the experience we we had when we started this company from that one sample so i think the idea of like where people can come meet us and then uh, interact and try on product that's where we want to spend most uh, of our well, speaking of yeah. let's talk about your let's talk about sort of physical spaces because i know you've you're doing some interesting things with that how just kind of physical you know brick and mortar pop up stores how does that figure into the strategy here because they cost money to make um but also at the same time what better way to introduce yourself to you know potentially a new part of the market than have a physical space they can come meet you um what are you planning and how are you thinking about whether it's working or not yeah i think in our case it comes naturally as i mentioned that we want to scale that experience uh from where we started so the the idea in our head is so we are going to do our first pop up mm-hmm. in soho um and the idea here is that people come to our store meet our team and then uh we we the whole experience should be where they feel like hey somebody is adding a value somebody is serving them and then the idea is that they can also like look at from where we started and more like interactive and then at the end they try the product uh because I, we believe like we have atoms is so special we have made this product uh, and this is so comfortable we we believe like when people will try they will they are going to fall in love with that so this is the first time we are uh launching our uh pop up in 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 soho and we're very excited about that because i think you truly truly understand what atoms is once you wear the shoes once you wear the shoes at least for like a week especially because after a week it gets very hard to wear any other shoes that's what <laughs> our promise is and if you if it does not become that shoe then we take shoes back from you and then we will talk to you again once we fix things but right now that's been the case so we are doing uh, uh we are doing the entire experience that you want to try the shoes and then the other part is you should know uh with how much passion we made the shoes what were the things that we we considered while making the shoes what are our other interests what kind of people we want to become while building this company yeah. so that's where a lot of programming is coming in we we have like some really really cool events happening uh we are doing a really interesting talk on uh, how to curate your life and we are doing a very uh we have a book author uh, panel discussions we have film screenings at atoms event so it's like going to be very very fun fun few weeks and you've got a lot more money to do it with now. Yeah. Which thankfully, helps. yeah. <laughs> which yeah. helps. I did think it was interesting, you know, just reading about your investment and the people that invested in were also people who were early customers, people who had you know, tried on the shoe, bought the shoe, loved the shoe. Um when you were when you're sort of going out and you know starting to talk again to investors or to and whatever comes next for you, how do you sort of pitch the vision of the company like where how big is this thing going to get what is the end goal what is the five year plan um how do you explain it 
Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. The people who invested in us, they were early customers. They also happen to be some of the best investors in the world. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and, and very just good. Lucky, yeah, just lucky, I think. Just lucky. And, and very good yeah. human yeah. for full background. So we, we were not, like, legally ready initially to raise our Series A. We were, we were like, still Sidra and me, and we had an intern, James, and everyone else thought that we are 20 people too. <laughs> When when we were let we them had, have that yeah. impression. You know, it's always a good tactic. <laughs> and then like uh, then like people started coming and and so for example Alexis Ohanian and Gary Tan they uh, led our Series A, and they have known us since two thousand uh, for fifteen. Yeah. yeah, we we when we first got accepted into Y Combinator and actually, uh, so they have known us and they have bought our shoes. They have seen us personally, not at just one stage of our life, at different stages. Does it add pressure to grow faster? I mean, they're cool people, they're good people, but they're also very good investors. I, yeah, I, I think we, the, the kind of balance relationship and the balance we have, it's, so full transparency between the relationship. They could see like how we, how much sales are going on, who we are hiring, and then uh, where we are going, where we are spending most of our money. They have like full visibility of that. So we don't want them... And that was like what we initially decided. We don't want them like to uh, play their role when things are messy. They should come and help us to like figure out things when we are going towards that. So I think we, over the period of time, it's more like a relationship where they are more invested. They are not just investor, but they are more like they they care about uh, this company. And as Vakas mentioned, they are really, really good people. I'd love to end on a note of optimism. Thank you so much, Vikas and Sidra, for being on the show. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thanks for having us. And that's all for today's episode of Making Marketing a Show by Digiday. Thank you for listening. Our producer is, of course, Pierre Bainemé. If you like the show, here's what you need to do. Head to our iTunes store, search for a show, Making Marketing. Leave us a review, hopefully five stars, and I'll read my favorite reviews here at the end of the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.